Hi, and thanks so much for joining us at Tycor Title Tuesdays at 2. I'm Ryan Pulliam. We've made it to June. We're almost halfway through the year, and it seems about we're halfway through the shelter-in-place order. We've entered phase two officially here in Las Vegas. Casinos are actually going to open up on the 4th, and I've heard that the, uh, the, uh, the occupancy rate is shooting up as high as it can be at the properties, and I heard that Caesars Palace or Caesars Entertainment had originally anticipated opening three resorts, and now they've added a fourth to the mix. So things are moving in the right direction in that aspect, but what does that mean for the housing market and more importantly the mortgage market i've always been told that i have a face for radio and i you know don't know necessarily how to take that but our gentleman uh, that's going to join us today is one of the top loan officers in town he's a uh, vice president and branch manager of nova home loans but he also hosts a weekly radio show so i love tuning in and listening to dustin to give us an update so i'm really excited that he's actually come to join us at tycor title tuesdays and sue so dustin dehart with nova home loans thank you so much for joining us today Hey, Ryan, I've been told I have a face for radio as well, so don't feel so bad. Well, good. I think you're a good-looking dude, man, so don't tell anybody to tell you <laughs> otherwise. But, uh, Dustin, if you wouldn't mind, just when we, before we jump into kind of what's going on in the market, could you share with our audience a little bit about how you got into the mortgage industry? Yeah, sure. I actually I got in the mortgage industry in late 2006, early 2007, kind of when the you-know-what was hitting the fan with the mortgage industry. Um Ryan, I went to UNLV. I think you did as well. I'm born and raised in Vegas. I got a political science degree uh, in the hopes of going to law school. It took a couple of years off. Actually opened up a restaurant with a friend of mine. That didn't go so well. So, and then I was getting ready to go back, start law school. And I kind of fell in the mortgage industry through a family friend who owned a branch. And uh, I lasted with him for a couple months. And I ended up going to the corporate office of that branch. And I actually went on a team. It was like 45 loan officers that took refi leads. And again, this was, you know, 2007. Those leads started to become a little more expensive. You know, things were drying up a little bit. So it's crazy. They actually condensed the team to five, Ryan. And, you know, the best sales guys there were. You know, I just started in the industry. So I figured I wasn't going to make this team. But the one thing I could control, even though they all knew more than me, is I could outwork everybody. So I was the first one in the office. I was the last one to leave. And you know what? That helped because they ended up putting me on the team. And a couple of months later, things just kind of started to click. And, you know, I was out selling those guys. I ended up getting licensed in 15 different states. Um, and then, unfortunately, everything did fall apart. And I was in a refinance team. And, Ryan, I had literally no, no real estate agents. And everything was shifting towards purchase business. So I had to hustle. Of course, I just bought a new house. Great timing, right in 2009. <laughs> I don't own that house anymore, believe it or not. And, uh, you know, I, I just you know, went after real estate agents. You know, I got one. Next thing I know, I had five and I had 10. And, you know, now I work with over 100 different real estate agents. And, you know what? Since 2012, uh, I've actually been ranked in the top 1% in the country in, in mortgage originators. So, uh, you know, I look back and I think I made the right decision because a couple of my uncles are attorneys and I make more money than they do. So, and I don't have to go to law school. So I'm happy about that. That's awesome. <laughs> and well, I, I knew I liked you because I too am a UNLV grad. I also got my degree in political science, planning on going Did to law school say? just like my dad. And uh, yeah. now I'm here chatting with you. There so you I are. think it worked out for the both of us. Um, but speaking of working out, you know, I think the, the mortgage market is definitely working out some of its a backlog and some issues, but we had uh, when when the shelter in place order came down, COVID was on the 
you know, on the forefront of everybody's mind. There was a lot of terms like forbearance that were thrown around, and we kind of been discussing that over the last two months. But what has changed uh, recently in the mortgage market, and um, do you have any statistics on how many people have actually gone into forbearance on their mortgage? Yeah, so about 10% of all home loans are in some type of forbearance right now. Um, yeah, and look, like you said, you know, it was it, we were at DEFCON 4 at one point, you know, just so much uncertainty. The problem, Ryan, was the liquidity issues. You know, as a servicer, you have to make that payment even though you're not receiving it because the people are in forbearance. And, you know, there was, it was like, how long can these servicers sustain this? So that was the big question, Mark. So a lot of mortgage companies were actually stopped funding loans or originating loans. And, you know, a lot of them impacted huge overlays or, you know, and, and it, you know, a lot of products were drying up, but we're starting to see that the forbearance issues is not going to be as bad as we thought, you know, out of that 10% that are in forbearance, Ryan, believe it or not, 60% of them are actually making their payments. Um, mm. You know, they went in forbearance for whatever reason. Literally, if you call up a servicer and just ask about it, they literally just put you into forbearance. And, you know, there's no hardship that's needed. And, and a lot of these people figure, you know, I, I can make my payment. I don't need to do this. So so that is good. So there's a lot less people than we thought actually missing their payments. And, you know, the FHFA actually put out a new guideline a few weeks ago because the, the old guideline is you went into forbearance, you got to wait 12 months before you get another home loan. Simple right. as that, right? That's, that's not good for our industry either. And thankfully, they've eased that up. So out of that 60% that aren't making that are making their payments still, they can go get a home loan right away. So they're making their payments. They're good. If you did make a payment instead of missing 12 months, it's actually only three months now. Um, so that was some relief as well. But yeah, look, we're, we're you know uh, we we enacted at Nova Home Loans. I don't know about other mortgage companies. We only hit a one one overlay with FHA loans. We raised the minimum credit score requirement. Actually, two weeks ago, we got rid of that. Oh, wow. and, you know, I talked to my markets team, uh, you know, every other day. And, you know, yeah, look, you know, we're, the lights at the end of the tunnel, we're not completely out of the woods yet, but I don't think we're, I think we're going to be fine. You know, but yeah, there was, there was some concern that this could cripple the mortgage industry and I don't see that happening right now. So that's, that's really good news. Yeah, it seems that in all aspects of life, the mitigating factors that we kind of put into place seem to stay off a lot of the, the doomsday yeah. scenarios that were that had been out there. Yeah. But um, one one yeah. of the one of the kind of the the, the the thriving forces behind our market has really been the refi market or refinance market over the past few months. Yeah. Have you um have you seen uh, refis taper off as of late? And is that just because everybody who has refied is, or are the uh, or are they just not aware that they can refi right now? Yeah, well, you're, yes, we have seen them taper off a little bit, but we're still, uh, you know, we're still, God, it's one or two refinances, it seems, a day. Okay. But man, three months ago, Ryan, I, I, mean, I was working 16 hours a day and I still couldn't keep up. You know, I mean, we, you know, we, we did 30 refinances in March, 40, 40 in April, or 40 last month. I mean, it was crazy. Um, you know, we're really big on mining our database. We always staying in front of our past clients via video. We have a robust, robust CRM system. You know, we have a cool uh, technology called HomeBot. It's a valuation system. So we're always in front of our past clients. Um, so they're always reaching out to us. But we do a good job also of calling them up. You know, every 12 months, we're doing a mortgage tune-up for them. But we mine our database. We see the people with the 4.5% interest rates. We're just calling them up and saying, hey, 
you know, did you know you, you were eligible for a refinance? Do you want us to start up a file for you? But yeah, some of the low hanging fruit is, is going away a little bit, Ryan, but there's mm-hmm. still a lot of people that need to refinance uh, out there right now. Um, but, you know, you know, when we were all, when, it was crazy though, too. Like, you know, we were locking people under 3% and then they were turning around and I remember one, I, literally one neighborhood, I mean, it was one neighbor told one neighbor and it was a house, you know, or neighborhood in Summerlin, like five different deals with all $700,000 properties, you know, or one, one lady owned a mailbox, et cetera. And we literally refinanced six of her employees, you know, so it was, it was nuts and it still is nuts. I mean, we're doing, we're breaking records every month. We're slowing down a little bit this month, but you know, our branch broke their record month to month. And I mean, it's, it's crazy. It was hard to keep up, but it is slowing down a little bit. But there's plenty of opportunities out there for people to refinance. Rates are still at historic lows, you know. And and and, and we talk about refinancing. Uh, you know, maybe like uh, along with the folks that had called earlier their servicers and talked about forbearance. Maybe it's just a little bit more of a safety net, just in case, heaven forbid, something happened. Uh, I know that large institutional banks have stopped with the home equity lines of credit. Are you still? Yeah. Are, are folks still able to pull like a cash out refi, or is it pretty much just uh, changing the rate? Yeah, no, absolutely. You can cash out refinance. So, you know, that was part of the forbearance issues. Um, so Fannie basically said, it, you know, you don't cash out refinance and they go into forbearance on their first, before their first payment, we're not buying the loan from you, right? So that spooked a lot of mortgage companies. And I don't blame them. Right. You know, so a lot of mortgage companies, they, they just stopped doing cash out refinances or a lot of them would like add 500 basis points, price level adjustment, which basically means they stopped doing cash out refinances. <laughs> We didn't, and a lot of other good mortgage companies didn't. Um, yeah, but home equity line of credits, they've, they've dried up. Um, there's still some out there, but we're getting a lot of calls from people that said, yeah, hey, I can't get a home equity line of credit. Great, well, you know, not only are we lowering your rate, but we're pulling out some cash, you know, because the cash out refinance, right, really can be a, you know, a lifesaver for people. You know, if we can pay off a bunch of revolving debt, and people are paying off their cars right now. They just want to get debt free. Right. They want one manual payment. You know, let's say they've freed up now a thousand dollars in cash flow. You know, they can turn around and dump that on the house. They're debt free, and they're going to pay their house off quicker as well by just doing that. You know, and then listen, if you can park six months reserves in the bank right now, man, that can help you sleep like a baby. I tell Absolutely. you, at least trying to cash out refinance is not only you know, is it necessary, but it's something that can really, really help people in these, in these times right now. No, absolutely. It gives them a little bit of runway. And like you said, allows them to sleep a little bit better knowing that there's a little bit of coin in the bank. Now, um, Dustin, when we talk about, you know, talk about refis and, but we talk about the, the, the mortgage market as a whole, the real estate market as a whole, we often look at closings to see how the market's doing, what the health of the market is to find out how many people actually closed on the property. But that's more of a, a lagging indicator. Homes that closed today sure. went into the market 30, or excuse me, went under contract 30 to 45 days ago. So one of the leading indicators is obviously mortgage app applications for purchases. What's been happening with the mortgage applications, uh, the numbers uh, over the past few weeks to kind of give us an idea of where the market may be headed in the next um, month or two? You know, kind of surprising numbers. And I think you'll think this as well. Uh, They've actually went up six weeks in a row. Uh, Last week, uh, they went up 9% week over week, which that's not so surprising because things are opening back up. People are getting back on the job. But Listen to this, Ryan. This, this one really shocked me. Now, again, these are nationwide numbers. This is for Las Vegas. You know, sometimes Las Vegas can be anomaly, especially when it happens, you know, with real estate. Um, 
that we're actually up 6.8% in purchased applications from the prior year. Wow. That, that number really shocked me because yeah. I tell you what, right? I, I mean, I don't know about you, right? Maybe I'm an anomaly, but I'm down about 80% from what I <laughs> normally do in purchase, especially in summer months. You know what I mean? This right. is purchase time, you know? And I literally, we went, I mean, thank God for the refinances and we're still, I mean, shattering our records. But you know, we're, we're like 80% refinance versus 20% purchases, and that should be flip-flopped, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So the good thing is, is we're starting to see a lot more activity, more purchase contracts coming in, but more leads coming in. A lot more people calling us back up, saying, you know, wanting to buy a house, a lot of pent-up demand. But this coronavirus, I mean, it's it's a, it's a paradigm shift, too. People are realizing... Man, I, you know, I gotta, I gotta, I, I need my house to be bigger. I need to, whatever right. it is. I mean, you know, they're they're looking at this and, and seeing that a house is pretty important nowadays. And you know, look at Nevada got, you know, we're, we're one of the hardest unemployment numbers in the country. So we're going to take a little bit of time to really come back. But I, you know, look at there, there's a lot of a lot of pent up demand and purchase applications are coming back. And boy, by the end of the year, when these casinos are at full 100% employment and we're back to work, I really think purchases are going to really pick back up a lot in this in this city. No, yeah, we had we had Steve Vernon from Sync on last week, and he was talking about how much more activity online uh, on, online leads they're getting just because people I think yeah. are back in because they've been they've been cooped up. Now, obviously, one of the reasons to really act uh, now if people are deciding to do that, even though the economy as a whole may be a little you know shaky or not as firm foundation as folks may like it to be, are like you said those historic interest rates. So I, I had always kind of thought that the, the, the mortgage uh, the mortgage interest rate on the 30-year mortgage kind of followed that 10-year treasury yield, but yeah. that doesn't seem to be happening right now. So <laughs> what, what, what is your take on you know where rates are, where they may go, and why aren't we seeing as low as a rate as we possibly should if we kind of uh, – if we decided to believe that old adage? Yeah, so you're, you're right. So the 10-year treasury note is usually the indicator of what's happening with interest rates, right? If it goes up, rates grown up. If it goes down, rates are going down. Not, not 100%, but it's, a, you know, throughout the course of history, that's been the barometer of how to gauge interest rates. Um, you know, look at 1.35 was the lowest we've ever been in the history of the United States. We're at 60 basis points right now. So rates should actually be a lot lower than they are right now. And they're not, you know, so all the fundamentals and technicals, you can just throw out the window right now. You know, they, they, I mean, they mean something, but they really don't. At the end of the day, it's coming down to supply and demand. Okay. You know, when this hit, Mark Ryan, you know, we were at literally the lowest rates we've ever seen in the history of the United States. And then, you know, the, the, the shutdown happened. And then literally there was zero demand for mortgage back security. Right. Mm -hmm. So one day I'm quoting 2.99%. And like three days later, I'm quoting 4.99%. It's crazy, you know? And we saw such huge swings in volatility that I, I don't think we'll ever see again. And I've never seen it before. And from top to bottom, in like 10 days, Ryan, we, we literally saw a 900 basis point movement that can usually takes like two years, you know, to see wow. that type of movement. So the Federal Reserve came in and they, Said, all right, we're going to backstop all this, right? So they're buying the treasuries. So they're keeping that at 60 base. You know, it's kind of it's 70, 60. It's right there. It's it's that's where it's going to stay for a while. Um, and then you know they stepped in, and now they're the big 
big buyers of mortgage-backed securities. Listen, man, they were at one point they were buying $25 billion a day, which was too much, right? Yeah. So it was still given that volatility. And now they kind of threaten to needle perfectly. Typically, they're buying between four to five billion dollars. Like literally today, it was like zero bits. That's what we changed, right? So you saw the charts go like this, and now they're kind of just just flat. <laughs> you know, what I mean? and I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. Um, they pretty much said that we're we're going to continue to do this for the foreseeable future until we don't need to. And I, I don't know when they're not going to need to. I mean, at one point we'll get to there, and right. we'll start to see people buying, you know, hedge funds or whatever is buying mortgage-backed securities again. But thankfully, the Fed is stepping in and, and helping us out. But yeah, looking at the 10-year Treasury note or unemployment numbers or something like that nowadays, that's, you know, yeah. you can look at it, but not really driving don't, rates. Don't now. put a lot of stock right. in it, wink, wink. Um, so <laughs> yeah. well, speaking of helping out, Destin, I really appreciate you coming on and helping us out. I know that you have to jet. And I just wanted to kind of ask you real quick, you're, you're actually going to appear on ESPN Radio, the local ESPN Radio here as of late, or excuse yeah. me, um, in, in, a few, in a few minutes later on today. And uh, so along with your show from um, from 10 to 12 on, on KXNT on Saturdays, what how'd you get into the ESPN Radio gig? And what do you miss most about sports right now? <laughs> well, I miss everything about sports. I'll tell you that. I mean, I'm Jones, and I, you know, and I, I bought Raiders season tickets. So I'm a little bummed. I don't, I don't. I'm just worried. I don't see that stadium opening up anytime soon. But you know, I'm I'm ready for sports to come back. But yeah, I've been doing radio, Ryan, for uh, about eight years now. Like you said, I, I started the show um, almost eight years ago. Uh, I took over the show from a real estate agent, and then. Um, I had a couple different agents on, and now my main host for the last five years is Aaron Taylor, and uh, we love it. It's great, good to get information out. And we, you know, we help people. They call in with questions, and it's a good time. Um, so I, I've been doing ESPN now for a few years. Um, recently, for the last year and a half, I've been on Steve Cofield's show, Cofield and Company. Uh-huh. It's the number one drive time show in, uh, in Las Vegas. It's a great show. They talk more than just sports, but. You know, I'm one of their sponsors, and I come on once a week. It started with fantasy football. Obviously, that's not happening right now. So, right. you know, I talk whatever whatever's on the agenda, and we kind of follow up with real estate and mortgages and stuff like that. You know, but you know, look at people I see, you know, going in and out of radio advertising, Ryan. It, it's not easy, and, you know, it's something – you can't, you know, like I'll see a real estate agent or a loan officer go in, and then two months later they're gone. you got to give it six months. You know, and, and, and to get into a show like Cofielder Company, if you can do something like that, it really puts some weight on your commercials and you'll start to see uh, your business grow with radio. So it's, you know, if anybody's out there listening and they want some free advice on how to get going on radio, I'd be happy to help you out. Because I've done all the things wrong and I've had some good success. Good, so good I know deal. how. Well, Dustin, one of the things you do, Rise, you're a good dude. So I really appreciate you coming on. Thanks for sharing a little bit of your time with us. And, uh, and we'll talk with you soon. All right, Ryan. Thanks a lot. Awesome. Thanks so much. Well, that will conclude this week's episode. Thank you to our audience for joining us at Tycor Title Tuesdays at 2. I want to thank our producer, Rick Manning, down at Rigel Studios. Be safe, be healthy. And you know what? Right now, let's just really try to love one another. We will be back next week, but until then, we'll continue to be the most resourceful people in town.